Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Eaton. Alrighty, if you tuned in last week, you heard our first half of the interview with the great Mr. Ricardo Delgado, a jack-of-all-trades, if you will. This week, uh, we continue the interview that uh, he graciously gave his time for, uh, where we talk about his work on such projects as Symbionic Titan, Surface, you all remember that. If you don't, go out there and uh, maybe go pick up that DVD set. It's probably like five bucks at a Walmart somewhere right now. Right, just right down the street, just go check it out. And uh, most importantly, because we wouldn't be the Kaiju Kingdom podcast if we didn't talk about his work on the unproduced Yandabon Godzilla movie. So uh, sit back, pull, you know, wherever you're, if you're in your your car, just let me get a little lean back. If you're uh, at the gym, crank down that uh, that treadmill just a little bit because you're going to want to listen to the uh, amazing stories that this guy has to has to offer and uh, a little insight into what went down with the production of the uh, well now you know famously aborted uh, Yandabont. Uh, Godzilla film. Sony's very first attempt at trying to bring Godzilla to the big screen, and uh, <laughs> we all know how their their successful attempt, as I say, and uh, with air quotations that you can't see, went down. So, without further ado, uh, let's continue where we left off last week, where Mr. Uh, Delgado was uh, explaining his uh, work on a small little independent film you might have heard of called The Incredibles. Okay, let's jump. Okay, well, let's move from Draft Part Three into the into The Incredibles. Okay. The to me, the, the peak of, of Pixar animation. A lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did, uh, how did you get on there? And uh, can, just whatever, whatever you got, just, um, just tell us. I, sure. I, I, I was working on the, uh, I was on, working on the Matrix sequels. Uh, I was commuting from the northern San Fernando Valley where I live to, um, to Venice. Mm-hmm. Um, Holy cow. Yeah, that was, that, that, was, <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one. So... Um, uh, so I was on that for quite a while, and uh, when I was at, toward the end of the picture, I got a call. Hi, this is so and so from Pixar Animation Studios. You know, hey, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. You know, are you the Ricardo Delgado that worked on Atlantis? And I was like, yeah. And they said, okay, you want to work on you know one of our films up here? You know, and uh, I basically said, uh, you know, well, I kind of work from from home. And, you know, they're like, yeah, but we usually have our artists come up here and work. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know, I had two young kids. You know, I, I don't really, I'm not big on going away to locations and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. That doesn't, that stuff doesn't, you know, impress me that much. But um, the only time I ever really have done it was on the Muppet Wizard of Oz. That's the only time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and even then it was like, uh, all that stuff is romanticized. It's not, there's nothing so not interesting than being on... In just a hotel on a Sunday yeah. afternoon, and your family's in LA, you know. And you're watching whatever local. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, um, so anyway, uh, I said, "Well, thanks, you know, but no thanks. I'm kind of okay." And um, they said, "Okay." Uh, uh, so we hung up, and then the next day they called back and they said, "Well, uh, are you, uh, uh, are you so you're willing to work in LA?" And I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Okay, uh, cool." And I said, okay, what's the, movie, what's the show about? And they mm-hmm. said, well, we can't tell you. Okay. And I said, all right. And so they said, well, we have to send you a, an NDA. And you have yes. to sign yeah. it. But in those days, it was all done by fax. So we're going to fax you uh, an NDA, and you're going to sign it. 
and the facts are back, and then tomorrow we'll have a conversation based on, on the picture. It's like 10 years ago, and it already sounds archaic. Right? And, <laughs> and so then, well, actually, closing in on 15, right? Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, it is on 15. Right. Yeah, because it, uh, it was like 2000, 2001. That was like, the end of 2000 was not, I was on the Matrix sequels. <clears throat> and 2001 was basically, you know, uh, The Incredibles and Jurassic Park. Am I right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, uh, so I went home and I, you know, there was a fax. I signed it, faxed it back the next day and they, uh, they called me back. Yeah, we, you know, we'd like you to work on this picture. You want to work from home? I said, sure. What's it about? And they said, well, it's, uh, the director of Iron Giant and it's, uh, superheroes. And I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And so I spent. That's all you needed yes, to hear. Yeah. No, it's literally all I needed to hear. So I spent the next six months drawing and drawing and designing at home and sending my st- Here's a weird story. Mm-hmm. They would say, uh, the, uh, mm. we want you to FedEx your drawings up, but we don't want you to fly up the next day. It's like, oh, so they, so they didn't trust you sending, because they, they wanted oh, to. Oh, the plane the, crashes and the drawings die. Yeah, I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like the Seinfeld thing. It's like, why do you, you don't see more teams going down in plane crashes? Uh, you know, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and so I. I just learned a long time ago. I just don't question anything. Just go like, along sure. with you just go with the flow. So I would send the stuff up, and I would um, uh, I would fly up the next day, and you know we'd spend the morning uh, waiting for for Mr. Bird to come in and crit mm-hmm. crit the stuff, and he would, and and then uh, usually uh, there was a few times in the afternoon mm-hmm. that I would actually leave from there, and I would go to the Alameda. Um, Naval Station, where they were shooting the, the freeway chase stuff on the Matrix. Series. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 So. Wow. Yeah. And so, uh, I would visit my buddies in the art department, Jeff Darrow, mm-hmm. Steve Gross. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. And so, then I would, then after that, I'd fly, I'd drive across to SFO and then just fly back home. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. That's a hell of a time to be. So I would, yeah, so I would spend the mornings at Pixar early afternoon, and then they say, "Okay, well, you got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You got to go home and draw." And when you work at home, though, they expect more of you. Yeah, yes. you know. Um, but uh, I ended up doing a lot of design work for the island mm-hmm. and the robots. That was kind of uh, my deal. So you, oh, oh, so you, yeah. you designed yeah. the. Uh, okay, I'm blank. You can Google my name and uh, and Incredibles, and some stuff will pop up. So the uh, so pretty much the big robot he fights at the end and the very very first. I, yeah, you could see and all that stuff is is always done by committee now. Always yeah. so same thing. Well, with, that's Pixar's mo now too. Is everything's by committee, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I haven't worked for them since Wall. This is John Carter of Mars, but mm-hmm. all that stuff now is like let's take that arm mm-hmm. and we'll put it on that body and those legs and then that head split in half and that there's your robot and so. Uh, there was stuff that I recognized that was mine, but not one specific robot is is completely mine. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. And so something that Chris and I would like to know is how did because the moment we said this name of the film, I think you were like it was playing on the same time as the Super Bowl, but I was just like watching it, <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it was hilarious. Yeah. Euro Trip is a film that I actually several friends are like, oh, it's one of those films that you know you shouldn't. They're not interested to see it until mm. they see it. Mm-hmm. I've never then, seen it. You've never oh, seen it. No. no, in which after you see it, you're like, this is a brilliant film. Or it's one of those films that you people can... People like it. So like, you people like car. it. Or you can, like, replay it in the background of, you know, while I, you're doing something. It it's just one of those... Rewatchable. It's insanely rewatchable. It's insanely rewatchable. It's really good. How did you get involved with Eurotrip? Uh, it was probably through my connection at, at Imagine. Because I think that... Ron Howard somehow is buddies with 
God, the fellow that directed Ghostbusters, Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Okay, so they're kind of almost in the same building. They were at that point in the same building in Beverly Hills. And so the Montecito Picture Company, like I would get a, like, that's what I mean. Like I literally go from like a concept job to like a storyboard job to like yeah. a creature design job. And and so everyone knew me for different things. And so um, I was known for a while for that, for Apollo 13, which is a big yes. hit. And people like that picture and all that. So uh, I got a call for uh, from the Montecito Picture Company. I even forget all their names now. It's been so long. But uh, they asked me if I want to work on that picture. And I said, sure, why not? And so I spent about six months in Studio City storyboarding um, the movie that was called Ugly Americans at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Eurotrip was a much better title. I don't know. I mean, Ugly I, Americans. I, I don't know, but it was my chance to do, you know, I grew up. Loving the Three Stooges, I actually measure people by asking them who their favorite Stooge is, you know, and that was just really wonderful. Guy. You know, I think if you like uh, Larry or Mo, there's something wrong with you, basically. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. You're the curly or you're Shemp? Right? If you, <laughs> nobody <laughs> cares about curly fine. Joe. Nobody if cares you're Mo or you're yeah. Larry, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. But, but anyway, I, I was, it was very slapstick comedy, and yes. I grew up with... That and you know, Laurel and Hardy and, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes, and of course, whenever somebody was like, Scotty does not know. Yeah. <laughs> people you associate it's with the film. Well, I, and I, I storyboarded that sequence and then it was one of my students. I was sort of talking about how cool the Bourne films are. I mm -hmm. like those Bourne films. Mm -hmm. And one of my yeah. students was like, you know, that's uh, Scotty. Or no, that's the guy that sings Ooh. the song. I'm yeah. like, really? And, yeah. my yeah. and, my and then student, Lana Lane from Smallville pops up. <laughs> yeah. you're like, yeah. oh, no. no, the thing that's so funny that, again to my students is like what I don't know about what I mm. what I did. So when I would say, I, like literally, it happened once in class where one of them was like, "You worked on your trip," and they were doing what you guys are doing, mm -hmm. googling my silly stuff. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, why not?" You know, and they're like, "Oh my god, that's so good!" And I'm like, "Okay, good <laughs> for you." you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I love it. It's just the fact that yeah, because your trip's a. I wouldn't even put it as a call. I think it's a it's a, a just an underscored a modern classic. There's a yes. bunch of films yeah. like I bought I storyboard yeah. Strange Days and you know I've never seen that. And really? Yeah, it's a, a it's a weird movie. It's a weird movie. Yeah, that's a very strange picture. Catherine and Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. James. That was like the second James Cameron film I worked on. Pretty re like that was kind of mixed in with Apollo 13 and True Lies. Those those films. Now I gotta ask. Sure. Do you ever get a, do you get a lot of questions about your work on Avatar: The Last Airbender? Uh, I do not because a lot of, not a lot of people know I worked on that on the show. <sighs> that's a that's a damn shame because that's one of the greatest animated shows in the history. Of uh, again, that's one of the things that the kids, the students, you know, they get all excited about that. Mm -hmm. and they think it's cool, and uh, it was to me it was everything. Everything is the experience, and I had a good experience on that show. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, uh, what did you do on that one? I was uh, one of the assistant art directors and designed a bunch of stuff along the way. Yeah, I was. Uh, I work with the creators of the show on a daily basis, and there's a lot of characters that I helped design. Not, I say design, but like I was part of the art direct. I was one of the art directors, so I was like, well, you should maybe make the motif for Azula based on Phoenix. Maybe I don't mm -hmm. know. That sounds kind of cool. And so that's kind of what happened. You know? Oh man, it's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good show. And what I respect about that show is that it tries to show an elaborate history. And so it's like a big tapestry and with a lot of big stories that happened before and after. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. I came in sort of t toward the middle 
of season one, mm-hmm. and I was there pretty much for most of the season, the rest of season one, and the beginning of season two, and then after that, I left to work on the film that became Wreck It Ralph. Oh wow! Which wow. I've never seen. <laughs> I, it just blows my mind. It's like he's like, yeah, I worked on this. Just off, it's like you worked on Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, I never watched Wreck It Ralph. Okay, I worked on a version of Wreck It Ralph that was called Joe Jump. Mm-hmm. And so then I was on that for quite a while, and I did a bunch of stuff that I'm really proud of. And then they they said we don't know if we're going to make this picture. We, we they laid everybody off, and then another crew made Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. So it's not. I don't want to say it's. It's not a bitter experience, but I. As a designer, you just kind of like, well, I think what I did was pretty cool, and I'd be surprised if they could top it. I mean, having said that, I, I say that as a, I'm working on another Disney show right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Are you able to name that one? Yeah, it's called Pen Zero Part-Time Hero. Okay. Uh, actually, technically, I'm not on Pen Zero right mm-hmm. now. I'm on a show called Sophia the First. Okay. Yes. Which yeah. is like the it's biggest... It's a big thing for It's for girls huge, right and I... Yeah. I, I'm a father of a daughter, and I believe in you know programming that isn't about beating each other's brains, you know, every moment. And I think that it's uh, it's cool to be working on a show that's that uh, tells stories for um, for girls that uh, makes them want to do cool stuff. And on a lot of levels, it's multicultural, it's progressive, and I'm all for all that. Yeah. Now, now that we work, now this is a show about uh, kaiju. We've done a little bit of talking, but I think this this show and in, in, in that we're going to ask you about next gets mostly love from this uh, community and everyone else. Kind of just like hey, I remember that you worked on Surface, sir. I did work on Surface, mm-hmm. but it was called Fathom. Fa- yes, I remember that because at Comic Con, I think two thousand four, when they started promoting it, they were promoting it as Fathom. It was supposed to be the Abyss and Close Encounters. That's that's how the the Pate, the Pate brothers pitched it to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the monsters were involved from the pitch, too? The monsters were involved for the pitch, and um, it was... Uh, basically, that was my role, was to design the critters. And um, I don't know how close they came, because I really didn't see the show. <laughs> wow. The show's awesome. Okay. The show The show was... It was definitely... Can you Blu-ray it? Does it come out? Is it on it's on. DVD? It's on DVD. It oh, is on okay. DVD. I own, the, I own the series. The brothers are really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pate brothers... Uh, they're big basketball fans. They're from North Carolina, and mm-hmm. I was—I uh, grew up a sports fan, and I was—I think I was coaching basketball for my kids at that time. So we bonded because of basketball. Like they <laughs> would like we talked for ferociously about that. But so we talk about basketball and monsters. Wow, that's a, yeah. it's a it's a hodgepodge, but that, that's pretty cool. So I pitched them the idea that uh, you could make a, a seal could look. Like a monster, mm-hmm. even though it's cute, but it could be a beautiful, like serpentine thing in the water. And there's like two or three creatures. There's the egg. Mm-hmm. There's the little mm-hmm. creature that's like a seal, and then there's this big thing. Yeah, and, and then, uh, then that was the beauty about that show because it did follow. Um, it looked like it followed a bit of the Lost format, where it's like we have the one. There's the overall story arc, right? But each week there was something new they added to it, and they always had the big cinema moment in each episode too, right? So the because um, like episode three because at first it was a little frustrating. It's like I'm watching a show about monsters, uh, like these sea monsters. I'm like, give me a little more. I realized at the time though, you know, this they had budget restraints and whatnot. But that the you first had to thing pick we, your moments, man. You did have to yeah. pick your, and they picked them very well. There was that the first moment when you uh, you really get a, a scope of how big these things get. Yeah. When the they show you that down in the Yucatan, they're they're these guys are fishing mm-hmm. and they got a shark. 
and they're pulling the shark up, and the, the line pulls. It was almost like kind of like that scene in the American Godzilla film or War of the Gargantuas. Oh yes. Oh man. Sorry, I had to nerd yeah. out there. Thank you. Great. No, no, thank you. I feel ashamed now. Okay. <laughs> and as the the line gives the slack, and they pull up to the half, it's just the shark's head. You're like, <coughs> what? And then they get that beautiful aerial shot, and you see. The, uh, literally the creature break the surface and swallows the fishing boat hole you're just like oh my god I'm hooked I, I want to know where exactly where this is I have going. to take your word for that I, I've never yeah. seen it oh you need you need to sit down it's, okay. it's, it's uh, it was a very well done sci-fi show okay uh, and the fact that it was a lot of the focus on the creatures and then where they were going with it and the fact that it didn't get to go where it got to go just maddens me to this day because they were getting into yeah it was really getting good it was really getting good they were getting into <laughs> the, kidding, the company that were, they created the things uh, there was all the genetic engineering going on the art like they you know when they had the uh, one of the scientist characters when he they show you a flashback where he got his job it's like yeah we cloned an Archaeopteryx like 15 years before Dolly ever came out and they were like Wait, where are you going with this? Like, there was all they were alluding to other creatures cool. and stuff. And so, look, intelligent, yeah, the intelligent. Like, there was gene splicing going on. It was, it was a exactly what I would feel a an American kaiju, a proper American kaiju series would have been. Okay. So I, if it's, I really would recommend sitting down and checking it. It's only thirteen. I episodes. will. I mean, uh, yeah, I'd like to do that. I, certainly, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pictures that. I worked on that I just never saw, and I guess I should sit down at some point. And I think we have some. Uh, like I worked on, uh, like that's that movie. I got that movie, or I got that TV show. Excuse mm-hmm. me, because I worked on. Um, uh, um, I worked the production designer for Apollo thirteen. A gentleman whose name I can't remember, who's a very nice fella. Uh, he called me and said, "Ricardo, do you do creature designs?" And I'm like, "Yes." And I said, "What? Because we know you for storyboarding." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Well, you know, there you go." And he said, because uh, these two brothers I know are doing this pilot. And that's how I got introduced to um, to the Pate brothers. But mm-hmm. I'd also worked for that, with that production designer on the Alamo, which mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. originally going to be re- re- remade by Ron Howard. And so I spent like six months storyboarding for Ron and working with that fellow. Again, his name escapes me. But it's weird how fluid all this stuff is and how you know it's kind of weirdly interconnected. Now, when they, did you have free reign on creating the on the monsters on that show, or did they give you like an idea of what they wanted? No, like I did kind of what I wanted, and mm-hmm. then they kind of went eh, and tweaked it, and then we kind of finished it. Okay, yeah, those, those drawings are online. You can find yeah, you can find design. They're super unique, and they're 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 gorgeous monster designs too. That's nice of you. It's kind of like a mosasaur mm-hmm. whale. The best way I could sort of say it. I don't know. It, it did seem very. Uh, there was a it, there was a, a, a I would say a twinge of um, Beast from Twenty Thousand Phantoms to it. One of my favorite pictures of all time. If, if you're a kaiju fan, if anything, I know that publicly Harryhausen was not a fan of Godzilla, but there's uh, I take that for what it is. I yeah. mean, obviously uh, he should be very proud because, in my opinion, Beast from Twenty Thousand Phantoms really influenced Godzilla. Oh, it did very much. So I mean, yeah. you watch those stories, and you go. <laughs> Wait a minute, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason, though, why he doesn't care about Pro- most. Yeah. Most probably, I mean, but at least he wasn't Willis O'Brien, who basically came up with the idea of King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, and oh, had to yeah. go to the theaters and watch that. And yeah, yeah, that that's a that was a that's a sad story. That's to read. a very sad story. Absolutely. <sighs> All right. Well, let's just spruce things up. I know we're we're running long, but I like I said, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk to you about uh, okay. before we jump into Godzilla. There's a couple more things. Wally, because Wally's a beautiful film. What did you do on Wally? I designed a bunch of stuff on the planet 
and uh, essentially the habitat that Wally exists in. There's stuff that I see, like the stacks of tires that go on forever, and mm. those those are my ideas. I did a version of Wally's uh, Wally's home, if you will, that kind of looks familiar. I'd have to see the picture again and compare it to the stuff that I did. I don't know. All but, right, and then yeah, you were actually also involved in Robotech. I was. Yes, <laughs> and a lot of people like I'm a fan of Robotech. Oh. So I'm several of my friends actually okay. really love it. Okay. And how did you get involved? In they, they called me and said, "Can you do this stuff?" And I said, "Okay." And then I did it, and I've never seen the show. So, I, wow. I, did you watch? Oh, no. So you didn't watch Robotech before either? I, I, I remember the stuff when I was younger, but I, I, I didn't see what I worked on. Okay, the best so you way didn't see the Shadow Chronicles then? No. Wow. It just it, it, cool you, you blow my mind every time too. She's oh, like, "Yeah, okay. I worked on." It. I don't watch it. Well, like okay, <laughs> uh, like I realize you're a busy man. You got a family, and everything. But is it just the fact that it's just like? You know, some when you're worrying, you're worrying so far in advance on things that some of it is like proximity. Like for example, I I turned down Pacific Rim because they wanted me to go to Toronto, mm-hmm. and I had mm-hmm. I could yes. either go to yeah. I could either go to Toronto mm-hmm. or I could go to go back to Disney feature animation and work on one of the projects. And for me, you know, I just like being closer to home. Yeah, you just. It's where your bed is, where your TV is, where right. your family's at. So you rather, at. Yeah. you know, not being gone for seven, eight months, as you said, is a lot better. You know, this doesn't sound as appealing. You there know? was a there was a point in time after uh, I worked on Avatar that I was asked to work on the Clone Wars series, and I did work on one of the episodes. And I was about to ask you about that. Well, but before that, mm-hmm. um, when that, I knew, I knew Dave Filoni when he was working on Avatar. And he, I remember him telling me, hey, you know, I'm going to go in an interview for this uh, Star Wars thing. And, so, and I said, you're going to get it, man. Hmm. And he's like, well, I don't know. And he, I'm like, dude, you're the only guy that loves all six movies. And he <laughs> knew the books and he knew the comics. He knew all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're, you're going to get it, man. You're going to get it. And so then uh, he got it and he asked me to go up there and art direct that series. Ah. And I turned it down. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as a Star Wars fan, have you watched uh, Clone Wars? I've watched that episode. Okay. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen a few of them. They're, they're mm-hmm. cool. I mean, uh, it's different. Yeah. It's different. And, and uh, like, uh, uh, I went, uh, uh, he, they called me for the show and they said, hey, Dave wants you to work on one of these episodes. And I'm like, well, you know, uh, I don't know. And I was, uh, I was in the middle of a long run of movies where I had, that's kind of one of the reasons I... Uh, I work a lot in animation now because uh, I got tired of just driving down to the south, the, the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by the, the, the marina, anyway. Yeah. So, early in my career, a lot of the directors were kind of were living in the Hollywood Hills. So, yes. so they yeah. would be based in Universal. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's why yeah. I spent a lot of time at Universal mm-hmm. uh, those first few years. But as the years went on, a lot of people, a lot of the, the big names started drifting down to Renato and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they would want to be close to home. And so the the, the uh, projects at Universal and the, the studios are sort of closer to the valley would start to dry up. And so there were like four or five pictures, like the Wolverine. Yeah. And uh, what's that movie with the, the kid from uh, Even Stevens? He was uh, no. There's Shall like he's a eagle eye, eagle eye, eagle eye, Wolverine, and mm-hmm. the Mummy Three. Those are like three movies back to back to back. <laughs> right. That I would drive down to the marina, and I just got really, really tired of that. I really did. And um, 
to me, it's just uh, uh, a lot easier to, you know, stay close to home. And that was kind of, so that was, that was one of the reasons I, that was the only reason I turned down the, the Clone Wars thing. Mm-hmm. I would, I would probably, I'd still be up there, honestly. And, and so anyway, they said, hey, you want to come up and work on Clone Wars? I'm like, eh. You know, you want to work on an episode? Eh. You can go to the ranch and we'll show no. you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, let's go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you so, look at the omnibus copy mm-hmm. of Age of Reptile, the omnibus. Yes. Yeah. There's a picture in the back of it that was taken during that trip. And it's me in the Lost Ark. So how it was? So going up there. So you're going to the Holy Land. You're going to Mecca. Yeah, that was like Mecca for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. It was the most. Was it one of the greatest days of my life? Absolutely. You're like you're 13 again. Just no, like, absolutely. Oh. I was. That's mm-hmm. just. I can't. I, it's like going to. You know, my mom would kill me for saying this. It's like going to the Vatican. It was just. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's the most. I've seen some opulent places, mm-hmm. some impressive places. The DreamWorks Campanile mm-hmm. compound is pretty unbelievable, but it, all that stuff pales compared to the ranch. Wow. I mean, the ranch is, you literally, you drive in, and this is, you drive into the ranch where the archive is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. then you go to the archive, but then the Skywalker Ranch is down over here. So you drive down over there, and you go in, and... Um, you go through the building, but when you get to the building, you go out and you can actually look down, and there's a whole cafeteria underground. Really? It's and wow. there's like right next to that is like uh, tall grass and deer walking around. Wow! It's one of the coolest places I've ever been to. I can't explain it. So, so you got to, you got to go through the the, the whole deal, everything. the whole deal. It's awesome. The the sound mix and all the everything. Uh, well, no, I mean I stayed in the main building and I mm-hmm. saw the uh, you know the. The Citizen Kane uh, sled and, you know, the Chaplin hat and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Did Just, you look at ILM at all? Uh, no. No, I did not. And, you know, that's cool, but... Well, you're, you're, you I think they might have even been at the Presidio at that point, see? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which it was not... It wasn't ILM from the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, that would have drawn my attention, but... With all the physical props. Yeah, but I did that because I went... I essentially lived the prop stuff because I went mm-hmm. into the warehouse... And it's it's just it's all in there. You'd never know. <laughs> You'd never know. It's all the Wookiee stuff. I saw the the burnt um, uh, Vader helmet from the the funeral pyre. Wow. The Return of the Jedi. So he kept everything. It's all there. Wow. It's all there. There's a um, all the Holy Grails, all the all of Henry's uh, 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 diaries from, and there were multiple <sighs> copies from uh, Last Crusade. All that stuff is in there. God, Absolutely, all the storm. They pull out these closets, you know, and there'd be just rows of like stormtrooper stuff, and then they pull another one. Like, well, here's all the Wookiee stuff, and because each costume got cooler mm-hmm. as you, uh, or not cooler, more complex, right, if you will, because mm-hmm. that stuff is based on obviously the Planet of the Apes stuff, and even mm-hmm. before that, well. The Planet Apes stuff is another guy, but the fellow that did uh, the 2001 Apes, yeah. right? So, uh, and all the all the models, you know, like I, the Millennium Falcon models, different sizes, you know, all the, um, uh, there's three or four different arcs. There's a stunt arc, and mm-hmm. then there's the regular arcs and stuff like that. And yeah, it was a, it was a real culmination for me. I was, I was honored. I was honored. So I, they would take pictures. I said, can I take pictures? Mm-hmm. Oh. They said, we could take pictures, but 
we have to take them. It's this nice old lady. Mm-hmm. And, but you have to be in the picture. So in case you print it, yeah. we'll know to come after you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they say that like very clearly, you mm-hmm. know. But when it came to do the the um, the image for the uh, omnibus, I said I don't care. Yeah. They come after me. They can come after me. I don't care. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's one of the greatest days of my life. It was awesome. Did you have anything that you regret turning down? I re- I do regret turning down Pacific Rim because it was so cool, but I don't regret. Re- I regret that I didn't work on it mm-hmm. because it's so cool, but I made the right decision. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, again, I'm, I'm a family guy. I like to stick close to home, and that's just kind of my deal. But I saw that picture, and I was like, man, I wish I would have worked on it. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many cool things about that movie. Mm-hmm. The moment I saw the trailer, and, yeah. you know, he's going down, Gypsy Danger's going down holding a boat. It's mm-hmm. a baseball bat. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, no, so yeah, no, yeah. you're done. You're done. No, he's just going no, down. I had, uh, walking down the, the street. The two times I've ever had an experience like that at, at a convention. The first one was the only time I ever sat all day in Hall H. And it was to see Tenacious D at the end of the day at Comic-Con. Okay. And oh they were God, premiering yes. the first footage for King Kong. Yeah. And I... Being a long-time Monster fan, I'm like, oh, Peter Jackson. This is like, I was following when Jackson was doing it back in, like, the early mm-hmm. 90s. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, he's doing his dream thing. So I'm just like, okay, they're going to show something. They're going to, this is back when Comic-Con really would deliver stuff. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> back in the day. They come out, and I'm in, I've been sitting in here, I've been sitting in this room. It's like 4.30 in the afternoon, 5 o'clock. Sitting there for, like, nine hours. I'm just like, oh, a lot of cool stuff. But then they're like, okay, so Jackson comes on screen. It's like, okay, so in our, you know, the original Kong, he fights one T-Rex. So it's like, well, how do we do this, you know, now? It's like, we're going to have him fight three T-Rexes. And, you know, he gives the whole spiel. It's like, well, the sequence isn't done, so please take that into consideration. You know, the whole, it's like, just don't judge it yet. It's on its, on its merit. So when they show that T-Rex sequence, they show from the second uh, the T-Rex goes to snap Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. And the Kong jumps out. And they're playing the te- the temp score. I think the temp score they had was even better than the one they had playing. It time. happens. That happens yeah. more than you think. Yeah, that happens more than you think. And they show it was at least ninety five percent complete too. Like it was mostly rendered. There was only one sequence where it was the where they're hanging the vines, mm-hmm. where the T Rex was fully rendered and Naomi Watts was there, and they had like maybe a little green, but everything else was still like the the broad you know wire and everything. Mm-hmm. But. That's once it got to the end where Kong was and the, the final T Rex fought and he just broke his jaw and everything. I, I, I got a little teary eyed. Everybody got up on their feet and it was just like, oh my god, that's cool. That was that scene. And then at WonderCon when they premiered the WonderCon trailer, when they showed when it was like they because Guillermo, because I had I had gotten a chance to speak to Guillermo very briefly at um, the Monster Palooza show out here in L.A. Okay, right before he went into production on it. Mm-hmm. And I was with a, a writer of ours who was like, yeah, the, you know, he went up to him and was like, yeah, this dude here's a big Godzilla fan. He's like, oh, you know, you know, I'm not doing Godzilla. Because that was the rumor that another site had put out. Like, they were turning Pacific Rim into Godzilla. Okay. And he was just like, he's like, no, no. But he turns to me, he's like, you like giant robots and monsters? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you have no idea. You're going to lose your mind at what we're going to do. And I'm just like, all right, cool. So that first, that second trailer, when they, Gypsy's dragging you that, that, yeah. That, yeah, I was just like, I'm just, it, I literally turned into a four year old again. I'm just like, oh my god, I didn't think. No, I could there's a lot of love in that picture, yeah. and you know, uh, when he hits the, 
the ape kaiju mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with the two containers the, and yeah. the break open you see yeah. little motorcycles the and cars stuff like and everything there. like oh it's fantastic God. it is it is yeah i stood up watching that trailer and was asked to sit down immediately mm. it was like a reaction where i had oh, to stand up it is. and your attempt of del toro's accent yeah. was amazing <laughs> So, uh, before we get into Godzilla, there's one last thing I need to tell you, uh, ask you about. And it's a show that, again, I, I've said a lot, like, I have a lot of love. But this show, I thought it was brilliant. I love the guy who created it. And knowing the fact that it says here you actually wrote one episode, uh, Symbiotic I, Titan. I did write one. Yeah, Symbiotic Titan. This was an, an insane show. It was brilliant through and through. I love Gendy Tartatowski's work. Mm-hmm. I love Samurai Jack. This was just, it was like pretty much... You know, peeking in my head, like, I love giant robots, I love monsters, I love all aspects. And this show was, again, another home run from him. And unfortunately, though, Cartoon Network did not see to treat it well. They did not, they were not able to to acquire a toy deal. Really? That's what happened. Wow. It's so they, nobody would take the license. Because I heard, because that was the thing that uh, was going around. It's like, yeah, we, we didn't make any toys. It's like, well... What, you know, that was the, mostly that's because that was the thing with Avatar too. I heard was especially Legend of Korra was the fact that you know it was a whole license. It was you know we're not selling toys. We're not you know moving it. Young well, Justice Mike and Brian something. have always been that way with the, the Avatar stuff, and it's to their credit because I, I remember them mm-hmm. sort of uh, telling me that yeah, they're shown like you know Aang and mm-hmm. different cars, for example. Oh yeah, like the, I'm not saying that that's what it was, but yeah, like yeah, it's like surfs like, up, not, Aang yeah, and we're all not, the other ones. Yeah, they're like no, yeah, no. And um, in a um, little known fact, uh, Toph, mm-hmm. the Airbender, uh, no, girl, Earthbender, yes. Okay, yeah. the Earthbender, the little blind girl, yes. She was not. She was originally a guy. Really? Yeah. Oh, sorry. She, if you watch the main title sequence, mm-hmm. the Earthbender in the main title sequence, that was, supposed to be that was the original Toph. Wow. And so they made her the little blind girl, which I thought was a stroke. Of she's, she's literally my favorite character in that whole well, show. Well, that was resisted. Really? Yes, because you can't make toys out of little girls. Oh, man. Yeah, which you I know, that's ridiculous. Paul Dini was talking, uh, I'm sorry not, not to get it, but Paul Dini was talking about that too uh, to Kevin Smith about the fall of Young Justice and what he had to deal with with his show um, Tower Prep on Cartoon Network was because he wanted to focus more on those two female characters and they told him like well no we want the boy characters because boys buy toys girls do not buy well, toys well I mean and that happens on that happened on Symbiotic Titan where um, they wanted the, the hero to be Lance mm-hmm. like, the stories have to be about Lance and Gendy would resist that because he felt like they, each of the stories could be about each of the characters. Yeah, it's a family. You know. It's a family show. It's not right, a character. Right, and I think that that show, you know, um, was a pleasure to work on. Uh, Gendy gave me an opportunity to write one of the episodes. I was, wrote Elephant Logic. I did. <laughs> I did. It was a uh, because uh, he knew that I was, uh, you know, prepping my novels for publication. He's like, mm-hmm. dude, you should write one of my episodes, and I said I'd be honored to do that, and so. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Gendy's a cool guy. He's one of the people that uh, uh, I feel is uh, it displays the perspective and humility that's proper for this business, and um, uh, I admire him greatly. Yeah. So, 
Oh, and okay. oh no, I if you had any more questions about I know you were raving about that show shortly before yeah. he came, but uh, yeah, I know. I had two other things I would love to <laughs> go ahead, good do. now. I've been talking my I've been talking his head off. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, he was so excited when he saw uh-huh. us in my hotel. Okay. Um but for me it was also I was able to get a couple friends into it finally due to Netflix. Thank you. We marathoned through Green Lantern. Oh serious. Okay. How did you get involved in that? Because I thought it was, and I was telling them, it's not just Green Lantern. They touch upon the other colors. The stories are actually very well done. It, it's a, mm-hmm. I, this, uh, The stories were actually really good. I feel like it's something both adults, fans of the comics, and also, or fans not of the comics, would enjoy, and children would also enjoy. I agree. How was your involvement there in Green Lantern, which I thought, I thought it was amazing. Uh, that came about as kind of an offshoot of the Avatar stuff because one of the uh, directors of uh, the Avatar series, a, a really nice young man named Giancarlo Volpe, was uh, one of the he he was one of the directors on Avatar, and then he left to work on <coughs> he left to work on uh, Clone Wars up north. So he mm-hmm. did go up north. Mm-hmm. Some of the crew from Avatar did go up north. And so then, but he came back down, and because he was one of the directors on two pretty successful shows, you know, he was given, Warner Brothers was doing, this was their first CG show, mm-hmm. as far as I it know. Is. Yeah, and so they wanted someone with animation background, which is Avatar, and but with the 3D sort of sensibility, if you will. And so he got the job, and um, because of that, uh, because of our friendship... Uh, he was able to bring me aboard uh, to do uh, to storyboard some of the shows, and um, that is an ambitious show. Yes, I haven't seen it. Oh no, you should see it. It's so good. It's two story arcs of twenty six oh, episodes. No, no, I, mean, I do know yeah. the story arcs, but, but like it's, I, it's great. It's I have so to good. confess, though, I, I kind of grew up a, a Marvel comics guy, so I'm not really. <laughs> That's familiar. why. No, no, I grew up, so I'm not really familiar with like the DC stuff, mm-hmm. but. Like, when you sit down and watch the animatics... I did watch a lot of the animatics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, I was the... Okay, he doesn't know anything about DC Comics, and he just walks in and sits down. So, a lot of times, I would answer those questions in terms of, like, was this point of the story clear, or, mm-hmm. right? And so, on that level... Uh, not on that level, on a lot of levels, it was a lot of fun to work there. It's the studio that, you know, essentially, Bruce Tim built, you know... And um, they care about their action cartoons. That means a lot to them. And it was my privilege to work there. And Giancarlo's a really nice man. And a lot of this business to me is about working with people that you respect and respect you. And, you know, sometimes that happens, sometimes that doesn't. Uh, But with him and with those stories, it was a great deal of fun. Yeah. That's really awesome. And I was going to say, speaking of respect, you had also done the storyboard artist for the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, which I understand a lot of people were very quickly to jump on due to who the producer... Yeah, to Michael I don't have an opinion because I didn't see the movie, so... But (laughs) did you, like, but, you know, we actually talked about it, and Uh I don't know if there's a loss... Yeah, I like you know, they got I, the I spirit like of yeah. the Turtles, okay. the four brothers, very well done. I've seen the commercials, and the mm. Turtles look, you know, yeah. the, you can believe that the, the masks are under the face, and right. sometimes with animatronics, although I love animatronics, it's... Well, they it's look hard mocap. Well, it's just, it, yeah. it appears, mm-hmm. I hate to use the word real, because what yeah. is that? But um, it seemed to work pretty well, and uh, I, I will say that... Uh, 
uh, I, I boarded, okay, I boarded the opening, like their origin. Yeah. So there's a bunch of little turtles. And, the cutest part. Mm-hmm. Right? So oh, cute. that's the cutest part? Okay, so, so that cute. was my deal, I so guess. So cute. You know? So, uh, uh, and then they, there's a rat that kind of they're experimenting on yeah, as well. Splinter. Like all that stuff, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I boarded like the first two minutes of that picture. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it was cool. It was on the Paramount lot, like I was saying. And mm-hmm. it was cool to go back after so many years. I hadn't been back since Deep Space Nine. And um, it was uh, a lot of fun because it gave my career at that point perspective. And I was I also wore, uh, I didn't work with him directly, but uh, the um, the second unit director and stunt coordinator was the guy who did all the Bourne stuff, which I, I admire those pictures greatly. So um, it was it was a lot of fun. It was cool. Real yeah. quick, you said you were a Marvel guy. I was uh, a Marvel guy. What were your What were the books? You okay? What are the books? Well, no, I take it back. I haven't read a comic book, you know, a Marvel comic book in a long time. But but when you're growing up, though, yeah, what, the, what, the, what, what were your titles? Whatever the Big Ten were, that was <clears> it. Like <throat> Spider Man, uh, the Hulk, uh, Fantastic Four, you know, the Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, all of them. I mean, that's why. I mean, I hate. I hate to sort of take uh, and give credit to a gigantic monolith that's making money, but mm. they're telling good stories. They are. They're telling good stories. Uh, what did you think of the last Cat America movie? I thought it was a James Cameron film. Yes. It's fantastic. <laughs> Genius, wasn't it? It's very well done. And what did you think of, did you see Guardians at all? I thought that was uh, really, really well done. Mm. Like, there was three big pictures. Well, there's four with Godzilla, right? Yeah. Like Godzilla, to me, you know, is below those, but mm-hmm. still there's a lot of fun there. But like Guardians, X Men, and and um, and Cap, mm-hmm. those are like really well done pictures. I love I love Days of Future Past. There's Pass some really film. clever storytelling there. Mm-hmm. It kind of uh, like I was telling a friend of mine the other day, who uh, uh, I work with, uh, Tom DeRosia. He's a director on Pen Zero. He, I was telling him because he hasn't seen him because <laughs> he's a DC guy, mm-hmm. right? But I. Um, but I told him that Cap is kind of like a James Cameron film. Uh, Future Pass is kind of like an old Star Trek episode. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of like the next step of a Star Wars film. Like you watch that and you just... like they, they, They're not inhibited by the legacy of the three original pictures. And they just told their own story. And it was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what would be... We would love to know your opinion on Jurassic World. It looks fun. I'm hoping for a cool story. Mm-hmm. Like there, uh, generationally, a few, a bunch of my friends, you know, they don't like the new stuff, and I don't feel that way. I, there's stuff that I, like, I, I'm one of the few people that really like Man of Steel. I really I like love Man of Steel too. It's very it. well done. Uh, I like two of the three Christopher Nolan Batman films. I didn't like I the last that. one. Yeah, it's um, shocking. But <laughs> but I feel like Man of Steel is a big boy picture that brings. Uh, that brings it. It really does. It really, for the first, I felt for the first time, it really showed Superman as Superman could be, as close as you can. And I, I grew up worshiping the Christopher Reeve, the first one, mm-hmm. but this one is just like it. And in terms of pacing and storytelling, it takes the first two Superman pictures and just constricts them into two and a half hours of like pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I love Superman, but all my thoughts are the opposite. It's <laughs> so all right, yeah. oh, but no. but anyway, re- re- regardless of um, what you think of, anyone thinks of like these new pictures. I think it's just important to uh, when and this happens to everybody. Once mm-hmm. once the business starts to move on and mm-hmm. you're working or not working in these films, 
I think it's kind of silly to say, ah, they used to do it better when I was, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't look at it like that because they did plenty of crappy pictures before and after I, yeah. was, I was working in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is, uh, my dad told me because my dad grew up at Karmakai. Like, he, in my household, it was, you know, he, Bernie Wrightson and, and uh, nice William man. Stout, all those, all like he the grew books. up on. Like, he was in, he was exposed me to all this stuff, all the Harry Those are a lot of my heroes, yeah. Mm hmm. And uh, so, as you know, when I was a little kid, and we'd be sitting there, and, and you know, you know, we'd be watching. Like he'd show me like Tremors and Fright Night and stuff like that, and all these films, and be like, "Yeah, you know, it'd be great one day they can." Because he brought home the 1989 crappy Cat America movie one day. His buddy had given him. Mm -hmm. He's just like, "Man, it's just why not?" You know, they could they could do like you know freaking Indiana Jones, right? They can't do a like a World War II cat movie. And lo and behold, years later, like well, I'm taking out. They did an Indiana Jones movie with Captain America in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's yeah, yeah. That was the thing. Like I, because he's, he's as I as as I brought up to him, like when I took him out of Winter Soldier, he's like, son, man. As a kid, I never thought I'd see this day when it's like these films are just like everyone's rushing out to see them. It's like I, as a kid, I thought maybe me and four of my friends would ever go see a Captain America movie, and the fact that they did like that is astonishing. It is so, and part of the problem is my generation has gotten so jaded to it. I agree that they're just like, yeah, okay, what do you got next? It's like you just can you not appreciate it's cool what you stuff? Have? It is it's like if you watch, I, like again, I my storyboarding class this semester. Mm -hmm. um, we we uh, I hand out storyboard assignments based on actual scripts, mm -hmm. so they actually can refer to the movies. I want them to do that. Does that make sense? Yes, so, it does. The first storyboard assignment is to do something that's pre-existing, mm -hmm. and this semester one of the assignments was the opening of the Avengers, mm -hmm. and then they we're reading the script. So we get to the there's a line that Nick Fury says, "Okay, that's that phase two phase two stuff. Be careful with that." Mm -hmm. And then I saw one of the one of the kids in the back went. And I looked up and I, I said, what? He's like, that's phase two. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. there's, there's cool stuff coming up, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and so uh, I think that the, there's a lot of good uh, vibes from the Marvel stuff. Uh, um, and um, I, I keep enjoying uh, going to the movies, yeah. I mean, they're making an Inhumans movie, for God's sakes. Cool. I mean, it's cool. The, the looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah. forward to the Ant-Man movie. I've heard yes, a lot about that very picture. Much so. I've heard some funny stuff about that movie, but I've also generally, you know, they want to make, you know, I, I believe there's like a Cold War sequence in that film. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. there is. They got Peggy Carter, one from the last Cat movie coming in. So. Yeah, yeah. So. so we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, let's jump into you know the the topic of this podcast and you know one of the things you worked on. So let's talk about the '94 Godzilla film. Okay. So, uh, so ninety four, so ninety two, Sony acquires the rights to produce an American Godzilla film. That's right, and they hire Yonda Bond. I think who was coming off Speed at the time, which is a good picture. It is brilliant picture, uh, and they give him the go. And they're like, we're going to make a big budget Godzilla movie in the vein of, of Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park, I think, is probably what sold them on to do it. I agree with that. Yeah, and so um, big. There's a big to do about it. Like, oh wow, so we're going to. The articles at the time was like, yeah, so no men in suits. It's going to be all CG. It's going to be a big spectacle. And, you know, that's pretty much where it stood for a long time mm -hmm. after the bond was, was uh, announced as a director. And that's pretty much where it stood. And I know Terry, Ted Elliott and Terry uh, Rossio. Rossio were the screenwriters. And they were coming off of Aladdin at the they time. They were, absolutely. So, And this is way before Pirates. So before they were that's like right. the it team of, of right. the industry. So where did you come in? 
Uh, I saw the same announcement mm-hmm. in uh, the Hollywood Reporter because back then the way that you that one would chase concept design jobs or storyboarding jobs, you could go every Tuesday and buy the Hollywood Reporter and Variety, and they would have a listing of films in pre-production and um, development. Mm-hmm. So then they'd have you know like producers and directors' names uh, attached to the uh, attached to the title and. I was um, dumb or sharp or aggressive <laughs> enough that I would f- I would see it would go by uh, studio too. So I would call the studio. Mm-hmm. I would ask for their office, and I would get jobs that way. So um, on that job, on that job, uh, uh, I saw the announcement in the reporter. I believe I was working on Apollo thirteen. Yeah, I was working on Apollo thirteen. I was in the universe a lot. And I saw that, and I went, well, i got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, um, I called the, I called the uh, it was a Sony picture, and I forget whether I, I believe I did call Sony, but uh, I found out that DeMont was on the Fox lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, the, I, I ended up calling them and talking to... Uh, Bont's assistant, and I said, look, you know, I'm a creature designer, I have this portfolio, I'd like to show you, I don't know if the comic book had come out, I think maybe the comic book had come out, so I, um, uh, the guy said, well, if you, uh, if you leave your, if you want to come by, or if you want to leave your stuff, or whatever, if Jan can see you, he'll see you, or if you want to leave it, you know, he'll look at it when he can, and so during my time on Apollo 13, I slipped out of work at the, on the Universal lot, and I drove down to Sony Studios with my portfolio, no, excuse me, to the Fox mm-hmm. Studios, and um, DeBond happened to be there, and I showed him my stuff. And, but before that, I did a couple of pieces to show him what I thought Godzilla should be like. Is this one of them? That's one of them right there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty diabolical. Mm-hmm. Actually. <laughs> but anyway, that's now, how long did it take you to whip that up? Uh, a furious weekend, really? Yeah, because I uh, I did that on. Um, so let's say that I made the appointment for if it was Wednesday or Tuesday, I made the appointment for Monday or Tuesday of the next mm-hmm. week, and they gave me the weekend to do that, and I took full advantage of it. And I generated that piece that weekend. Yeah, I worked furiously. I'll have the piece in the show notes. Yeah, to what we're talking about, but it, it's, it just has a title, isn't it? Yeah, it's called Crappy Godzilla <laughs> by Ricardo Douglas. There's a fan magazine called G-Fan. They had printed uh, part of this. They did. They, I remember that. That was back in the, back in the day. Right, yeah. 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 When, it, when it was still in, I think when it had fallen apart before the TriStar film actually came out, that's when I was, I saw your name and I knew you from Age of Reptiles. Okay. And I started following your art after that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate your, <laughs> your following, if not your taste in art. Let's put it that way. Okay, so I did that piece. I went in and I showed it to Jan and Mr. Debat said, "Would you like to work on this picture?" And I said, "Sure," <laughs> you know. And so uh, they said that they were going to be relocate, relocating to the Sony Studios, the Sony lot. And I uh, went over there and I spent uh, three months, three of the happiest months of my life, uh, designing and sculpting Godzilla. Wow. So, take us to the process. Now, when you, you, this pitch, the, the pitch you have right here that we're looking at, uh, there's three other images that have appeared. Like, think, I think they first popped up in G Fan. They sure did. Yes. Like, the, someone had gotten, did they 
contact? Does someone contact you directly? To get yeah, uh, this fellow named Brant Elliott uh, contacted me, and I believe he wrote the article. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, um, uh, I know th- those three. Those three images. That the image, the color image, mm-hmm. is basically one I did to get job. Yeah, and then during the job. Uh, those three images were were during the latter stages of design, where we just basically firmed up the look of the of the character. So, with this initial design right here, was that like your your base concept? Like, this is what I would think, but then this is what I would think, and it, it was to be specific. It's a little smaller than mm-hmm. what Godzilla would be. It's a little quicker. It's probably based a little bit more on the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms than I'd like to admit. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to admit at that point. And uh, I started on the picture, and I worked with DeBont and the production designer, Joe Nemec. And I just generated just tons of drawings. A lot of them, like I said, look more early on, lizard-like, mm-hmm. more beast on 20,000 fathoms. Like, longer it neck. Was like, yeah, I don't know about a longer neck, but just more of a dinosaur-shaped head, mm-hmm. more of like a Rex head, if you will, like the... The Beast with 20,000 Fathoms is a quadruped, and obviously this is a biped, but that's where I got the idea of crouching him mm-hmm. like I did in that drawing. And um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, the um, script, I do think that was an aspect of the, how they had him walking around at some points, too. They had him very... They, there, I think there's um, uh, certainty. I think during like the San Francisco attack sequence, like when he comes out of the water for the first time, he's almost crawling before he gets up, because I think... Uh, they're trying to, to prove the script. I think was trying to show like how massive he is and having to adjust from being in the water for so long to get right. up on land. Right. So there was points where it's like, yeah, he's very hunched over, not stand like they wanted to get as far away from a man in suit, but you know, made the, the it, posture. Yeah, they wanted to make it very clear that it was a. I don't want to say believable, but more animalistic. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I we get into you know like. Are our creature suits cool and or not and yeah. believable or not? And, this is ninety, you know, like that's yeah. all that stuff is kind of. I don't want to say. It, I guess ultimately it's here and there, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I mean, uh, if uh, if you want believability, then maybe you shouldn't look at those sequels, <laughs> right? Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of charm there as mm-hmm. well, and. You know, the first film, especially, like, the Japanese version of the first film is just really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at it, you go, there's some shots that succeed more than others, and but yet it is an inherent drama with a moral to it that's, yeah. that's very, very, you know, moving. And very powerful. Yeah, there's some shots that are cut out, obviously, because I grew up with the Raymond Burr version, but mm-hmm. there's a... The mom telling the kids that, you know, we're going to see dad soon. And yeah. There's a lot of implication with just that scene that the dad died in the war and and the mom is, you know, they're be, they're, they've been heavily radiated by the creature. Yeah, and that shot's in the American one, but it's like, it's in a weird, the, the way they cut it too was very weird because it's just a, okay, let's just get a horror shot real quick. And you, right. they don't dub, they didn't yeah. dub over a lot of the Japanese dialogue. So you just get this shot as Godzilla's looming and... The woman crouching with the three kids, and then they just cut away. Yeah, they didn't dub that uh, in the American version. And even as when I was very young, when I saw it, mm-hmm. multiple times I saw it before I actually saw the Japanese version, I always wondered, what is she telling her children? Yeah. Well, and <laughs> now it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And even then, it really got me to kill like, yeah. they know they're going to die. Exactly, right. yeah. And then when I saw, finally, a subtitle version of the Japanese mm-hmm. version, you know, it, it just hit home that much more. And well, then you realize... And the, 
during the uh, scene in the infirmary, that's the woman who's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so ultimately what I realized when I watched the Gojira, right, uh, that the version I grew up with was almost like a, I don't want to say a pastiche, because that would be disrespectful, but it, because I did like that movie a lot, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a, a very significant uh, genre picture with, you know, some pretty impressive uh, metaphors and the symbolism, and it's, it's really cool, and um, the picture that I worked on was more of a Dare I say Spielbergian mm, very big much. adventure, very film, much, you so. know, and in, in, in the vein of Jurassic Park, and I understood why, and you know, obviously, you know, the idea that an, an irradiated creature can come out of the water mm-hmm. and into a city today might be <laughs> obvi- uh, a tough sell, and clearly, the the new film went in a d- different direction because of that, um, but uh, um, it uh, it was still, uh, I still feel like that. That film, uh, the unmade Devon version, was uh, significant enough of a story to be told uh, through the film that came out last year. Yeah, like there's a lot in that picture. There, are, yeah, there that is was in bit, the yeah. Rossio and Elliot story. I was really, su- I was actually really surprised watching it. I, mm-hmm. I was sitting there thinking, you know what? There's that beat, and then there's that beat, and then the bridge. Except in this scene. Like in in the story I worked on, he they they they, cut, they <coughs> gas him or they put a needle in between here. Yeah, there's they, the, the amniotic fluid right? stuff. And they so they there. knock him out. And he fall. He, I, yeah. I did drawings of him collapsed on the Golden Gate. Yeah, because the that was the thing. That was the one thing that while I'm reading the script, it's just like he collapses on the bridge, but the bridge holds. Like they made it very apparent. <laughs> it's like. And so like you're, they're trying to give you this image of like him just like slumped over like he's drunk on the I, bridge. I drew that. I really? Drew that. Yeah, I did draw it. Yeah. You don't happen to have it. Yeah. No, I was sitting there somewhere. Oh, oh, who cares? Who cares? Oh, Conversely, people, people sh- care, man. People yeah? do care. Okay. People do care. care. The, the shot of him going through the bridge mm-hmm. and the windshield wipers mm-hmm. is just spectacular. Like there's stuff in this picture. Again, it's not Citizen Kane. No, but you, there's some moments that I went, "Wow, that's cool." Mm-hmm. And and I haven't had any contact with any of the the crew members of the '94 film. Um, I don't know if they would think, "Well, yeah, ours was better," or something like that. I think that's pretty provincial. There's one thing that's definite is it was much better than what we eventually got in '98. That's <laughs> well. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, uh, here's the thing, too. Um, Because ironically, I I mean, back in the day when the internet was really first starting to come up, uh, Elliot and I I butcher the other gentleman's last name. Brent Elliot. Brent Elliot and uh, his partner, uh, Rossio, yes. They had a website. Oh, excuse me. Uh, You were referring to the... uh, The writers. The writers. writers. I was referring to the writer of the G-Fan article, Brent Elliot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terry 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 Elliot and... Ted... uh, Terry Ted Elliott, Terry Rothier. The two T's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, who, I, who I met during the show. They came mm-hmm. in during the show. Wow. Okay. They did, yeah. Yeah, but they had a they had a, um, a website. Like, you could actually interact with them. They had a, a message oh. board, much much like Kevin Smith had back in the day. Oh, cool. And I, when I discovered this, I was just like, because they put up their script for God. That's how it got released for the first time. Uh-huh. They're like, hey, if no one's going to make it, we'll just throw it up there. You can read it and see what you think. They had two drafts. They did the... The first draft, I think that were all the changes were, it was a character development change of, they ended up merging, I think, two characters into one in the second draft. And there was the pro-bad attack 
on the on the wedding. I remember, got, that, I remember that. I remember that being storyboarded as well. Mm-hmm. I remember like I designed Godzilla and my buddy Carlos designed the Griffin and the Probats. Yeah. And did you guys ever like kind of contribute to any, each other's like ideas? I mean, no, not really. I, I mean, uh, innately, you know, Carlos is a uh, yeah. That's Carlos's drawing right there. Mm-hmm. Carlos is a good dude, and uh, his his designs were very cool. And um, uh, we worked. It was like you know working with one of your buddies. You know, we were in the same office, and, but yeah, we were confident enough designers that we would. Uh, uh, look at each other and go, hey man, that's cool. Thanks, you know. And then we would just keep doing what we were doing. And um, he actually sculpted that, I believe. Yes, and, I've seen. I've seen yeah, sculpture. Yeah. And uh, there's, I got to be clear. There's, there's some art that was generated by Crash McCreary early on, mm-hmm. before we came on. And then there's what we did. Mm-hmm. And then there's some stuff that was done after we were. We left the show. The Stan Winston stuff. Some Stan Winston stuff, more specifically with the Griffin. More okay. specifically mm-hmm. with the Griffin, like all the stuff that you see. I, I believe people are showing me the sculpture that the that the Winston uh, people did of the of Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, there's a there's a famous picture Stan standing next to it. To the like Griffin. He's, he's kind of, working on the Griffin or kind of brushing it up. Okay. Yeah. And then there's those very clear shots of the maquette of the actual Godzilla. Okay. And and there, then there's like development of the Griffin, so it's almost like, and the, you know, this is just my perspective. So it's like there was some stuff done by Crash early on to try to get the gig. They didn't know if they were going to get it, and then Carlos and I were brought on to design what we were brought on to design, and then Stan got the gig, mm-hmm. and then uh, Carlos moved on, and I was kept on to do production drawings that were not related to the creature itself, and. And then at that point, I believe there was some uh, some Stan Winston generated stuff, but I, mostly that stuff was the Griffin at that point. Yes, yeah, I may be wrong, but that's well, probably yeah, what that's, I remember. that's mostly what I, I've not seen anything past the Maquette that Stan Winston did, and I, I remember reading an article where like, yeah, Stan Winston, and mind you, this was like like 2006 or so, like right 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 before he passed, and uh, there was uh, the picture he he was talking about. There was a second picture with it where he's. They're in his, like, the, the uh, archive room, uh-huh. and they have the maquette, and he's kind of touching it up. And they're like, yeah, he did all the, I'm like, because they, they're saying, yeah, he designed the Godzilla for this unmade. I'm like, that's not right. But, you know, it, it, it was what it was, because, you know, the guy was just writing, like, a general piece on Stan, so. Well, and the, and the designs that uh, Crash did early on that preceded my involvement with the, with the production Kind of showed Godzilla, but didn't show him as well, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And, and they were still beautiful, beautiful uh, renderings. And uh, But I still felt like, for myself, that as a designer, I was going to do my thing and whatever. Uh, well, let's we, go. We, we weren't sure whether Winston was going to get the gig or not yeah. at that point. Yeah. Well, when you're sitting down designing, so let, uh, I don't think we really delved into it. So after that first, when you're sitting down, when you were refining it, What's going through your head when you're like, okay, this is going to be the gods might be the Godzilla for the new, you know, generation. And it was more, team. yeah, it was more designing it to look like an animal. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I did think of the beast of twenty thousand fathoms, and there's some stuff that you would see um, uh, that I have that you'd go, yeah, that's like that's like a lizard with Godzilla fins. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of 
where I was, but what always kind of stayed with me with through the designs was the crocodile tail. Mm-hmm. I, love, I yeah. love that concept. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, because I felt like that's how crocodiles swim. That's mm-hmm. how aquatic yes. reptiles swim. That's how mosasaurs swim. That's how they're able to get the leverage, you know, to yeah. move through the water, the propulsion, if you will, the inertia. And so I felt like that's that was kind of the good i you know the uh, a good reason to, to have it so i've been swimming past like uh, submarines and stuff like that and there's a there was a shot in the 98 Godzilla where it swims past the submarine i go wait a minute mm-hmm. you know yeah. so it's been deja vu with with uh, with these pictures where clearly they had seen stuff you know and mm-hmm. influenced them i mean and here i'm sitting here saying like you know what well, I did was significant when it really wasn't. Oh so, no! I mean, it is. Know. It is. It is very much a part of, of especially this fandom. Like it, it is a culturally a significant part of it too. Okay. It does represent. It represents a period of time that um, that were you know the Heisei films were kind of in full gear. So ninety four. So that we're at the fortieth anniversary, right? Yeah. So oh four. Yeah. So ninety four was the uh, fortieth anniversary. Uh, and we're getting wind that the movies are starting to wind down because they're Sony because Sony's like oh, okay well Sony's going to pick the ball up so this at the time was going to be like okay so this is pro- pretty much could be the you know, transfer of hands you know we could see where you know Godzilla be be going at, and then yeah. it kind of fell apart it very and, much fell apart absolutely yes. yeah. so Toho was even Toho in Japan they were they were uh, really hyping it I don't know if you've ever seen Toho actually did make. Um, a trailer for the American Godzilla. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean the the the, the Bond version. Yes, or the, yes, yeah. the oh really? Version. Yeah, it was briefly online. From yeah, like 90, from like ninety eight, ninety nine. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah they made it, its way on there. It was all in English with 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 an American uh, voiceover. Really? Uh, dynamic Hollywood filmmaking, American version, Godzilla. So they were pushing it back then. It, it was. Uh, I think it wasn't released to theaters, is it? but it does appear on a lot of the Japanese TV. One, one of the things I did learn, I forget who told me this on the show, was that. Originally, the studio felt like they were they were licensing the Godzilla universe. Mm-hmm. So they were getting the whole kit, yeah, the whole kit and right? And so then they said, "Okay, cool." So you know, when we put Gita in this film, and Toho was like, "Wait a minute, you can use Godzilla, mm-hmm. and that's it." So yeah. Gita, so Gita was supposed to be in the original version. Again, that's I mean, I'm, I would categorize that as scuttlebutt, but that was mm-hmm. my understanding from mm-hmm. from somebody it was probably was it Ian Bryce. It was two, there was two guys, Ian Bryce and Barry Osborne. They were the producers. Barry Osborne went on to be the producer of the Lord of the Rings films. Mm-hmm. So he's done some stuff. And Ian, I think, has worked a lot with Spielberg. But, um, again, and this is under the category of Scuttlebutt, but they, the studio wanted to use the, the Griffin. There's a reason that the Griffin is with the G. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that was going to be Ghidorah a flying creature yeah. and he shoots lightning too from does his he? mouth yes well, he there does you go. actually the wings fire lightning bolts oh yeah. how about them yeah okay. so yeah I mean, they, they, I mean yeah, and there were multiple little heads in the, in the yeah there were the snake the heads and everything tongue. yeah there, so so there's all that in there right and um, and the alien subplot makes perfect sense with it too see mm-hmm. yeah and so um, I, I it was I mean, cool she, I mean, I'm sorry to really, you really think about it they were kind of going with a mixture of the original Gator and the new Gator because the Probats could be the Dorats in many ways. So, I know. I just, that just hit me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. And so, in many ways, I remember Carlos and I laughing that we were kind of working on a, a newer version of Monster Zero, mm-hmm. you know, which was it's one, one, of, the, it's one, one, the one best. of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And so, um, we just kind of worked independently and I did sketches of the, uh, of what I call the Lizard Godzilla Beast for a while. Mm-hmm. And then it became... 
the drawings that you that are I guess online or were the latter stages where I just kind of uh, went uh, for one weekend and toward the end of one week and those drawings were like yep that's what we're gonna do and so we uh, especially the one that's running the sideways yeah. one that's running they're like yeah that one that's one of the ones that I wanted to bring up to you okay because until I saw your your drawing of uh, the Godzilla running and the way you have the toes how they spread out uh -huh. when he's running uh -huh. that was the first time that I ever really considered a fast Godzilla because up to that point Godzilla is just been like big lumber right. big monolith you can't yeah. move him right. slow moving but when you had Godzilla running like that it it, it was the first time I, I I thought a running Godzilla could be believable because the way you, the way you drew him well thanks I mean I certainly felt like silhouette is everything mm -hmm. and Batman needs pointy ears and Superman needs an S on his chest <laughs> and stuff like that Having said that, you know, uh, I felt like as long as I got sort of from the back of the, the, the from the lower back all the way up and around, if I got that coming out of the water, mm -hmm. then everyone would go, oh, that's Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as, as long as that feels right mm -hmm. or felt right to me. And that was kind of the conclusion mm -hmm. I drew after those, I'm going to say, lizard beast Godzilla drawings. Like, I, I kind of tried to pull it back more to what was recognizable uh, in terms of the silhouette and the, the face. Like some of the, uh, <coughs> some of the latter versions of Godzilla, almost the, the face looks very chipmunk-like, mm -hmm. if you will, yeah. right? And, and so I wanted to sort of retain that somehow, somewhat, but yet still make it feel like, okay, this is like a big-ass dinosaur yeah. that, you know, is like millions of years old. Yeah, another, that is. another drawing. That's there. a side view. Yeah, yeah. Like that was done after. Like that was done in preparation for the um, for the maquette that I sculpted. Oh wow! Yeah, which I don't know. It's probably next to the Lost Ark and uh, you know, <laughs> it's just it's, it's somewhere like yeah. Sony's got an archive somewhere. <laughs> I'm giving my sculpture way too much credit. That would be pretty cool. But yeah, yeah so the, I did that drawing, mm -hmm. and I think I did a reverse drawing. And I did like a side drawing uh, before I dove into the sculpture. I, I never finished the sculpture. Though. Yeah, what was the color scheme you gave them? Uh, it would just probably be like really dark green to black. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Like just really mm -hmm. simple. Really simple. Like ideally you'd want to like, you'd want to look at it in, uh, in terms, I tried to make it feel and tone the way that the, that the 54 Godzilla. Uh, yeah, that's why. Yeah. What I love here is like you didn't go for... Uh, you went. You went a little more subtle with the with, with the dorsal uh, spines, and I felt like they should kind of. Again, no one's no one can see me doing mm -hmm. this out there, but I felt like this the spine should sort of do this kind of mm -hmm. taper, if you will, yeah. Yeah. right? And uh, that's why I was surprised that the new one very deliberately was were very straight, mm -hmm. and so in the sense of design, I I was surprised that they did that. I also I saw a few alternate versions of the creature which were pretty cool. Uh, although this one is really neat as well. I feel like that's a successful, you know, interpretation. The uh, legendary okay. one right now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I, and, I, I do. And how were you with your Godzilla's eyes? Because the eyes is something I look at. And mm -hmm. actually, I've had friends go, how come sometimes he looks like he's cross-eyed? Mm -hmm. Like, well, like yeah, he's yeah. not smart. Right? Mm -hmm. Lack of like, a, we don't want to use Godzilla. another term. Well. He goes, but then we love the eyes in the new one. Well, I felt like when you see it at night, the eyes would be glowing, okay. kind of like, you know, when you see, when you have a flashlight, you shine it over crocodiles at night, the mm. eyes are yes. really yeah. reflective. 
Right, but then during the day they would have like you know bird peoples or something like that. Okay. that. That was my idea. Oh, see, one of you going with the you know, and I did. I think also did, I also did crocodile eyes as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, I don't know. Well, I do love I do love you keep bringing up the crocodile aspect because that's if you're gonna go with like a per like if you don't want to move away from like the dinosaur aspect, yeah, a crocodile works perfectly for Godzilla. And um, even to the point, the fact that um, I don't know, did you ever see uh, Godzilla Mothra King Ghidorah? It was a late, it was one of the um, early two thousand films. Okay, the last one I saw was Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. That okay. Was, yeah. Oh my okay. Uh, Can you find the GMK Godzilla yeah. real quick? Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty much considered like the it's up there at the top tier of all the films. Like oh, it was really? directed it was directed by the gentleman who made the late I don't know if you got a chance to see the nineties Gamma films. Those are pretty cool. Yes. So he got a chance to Toho asked him to come and direct a film. D- uh, Dave Filoni, okay. Mm-hmm. Dave Filoni is the guy that runs all the Star Wars stuff up there. Okay, mm-hmm. I met him on the on uh, uh, I met him on Avatar. Right, mm-hmm. huge Godzilla fan. Yeah, so he's like Ricardo. Don't think I don't know who you are. I <laughs> and I was like, I prefer that you not announce who I am. Actually, <laughs> and, and uh, if that means anything, and he was like, Well, I know you did all that Godzilla stuff. And mm-hmm. He had seen. Uh, he had There's seen. No pupils. It's all white. Yeah, no, I mean that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I, um, I, I kind of feel like you need to take that head and like. Yeah, that was. A, he had a huge crocodilian head, and he had tiny little, kind of like the proportions the are kind of cool. I, I still feel like when you look at it, you need to see more of like when you the crouching one that I did is more like dinosaur. Yeah, because yeah, when you yeah the beauty because that there's that shot the one you did where he's kind of like crouched down, the tail's coming around. And his hands kind of out, but right. the, the neck. I love you got the neck to turn, and the head would be part of it too. But the just the face would kind of come together at a point. It wasn't right. like all over the place. No, I, I don't know if those drawings all match precisely in terms mm-hmm. of like the head and all that. Yeah, but I felt like the spirit, and that's how Debont and Joe Nemec felt. Like they were like, no, that's the one. Like that, the the running one was like that one was the one they liked, mm-hmm. and then I did the two crouching ones, and then that solidified. Yes. Yeah, that one, and that solidified for them. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so then I did the the neutral side view in preparation for the maquette. Mm-hmm. And I think I did like a front view, and then I did a back view. So when you when I when I watched the uh, the legendary Godzilla, mm-hmm. and you see him walking away at the end, yeah, it kind of it was weird for me because that's the view that I that I drew. That's the view that I sculpted. Wow, the, and it was weird for me to sort of try to solve. So when he's that. coming out of the city at the very Which, end, yeah, yeah and when he's Ken trudging, Watanabe's he's like, like beaten, yeah, yeah, and Ken Watanabe's like, dude, that's cool, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, I remember all that. Moments, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, and and that's kind of one of the la- one of the last moments of a movie where it was a lot of deja vu, mm-hmm. a lot of it. Although I will say, you know, those mutos were pretty cool. I like those. And they're a very interesting design. Yeah. I'm sorry, I think we interrupted your story. You're telling. Did, did you have a and your buddy that was like, I, I know. Oh you yeah, no. He, well, he said um, basically that uh, uh, he said a bunch of nice stuff about the design, mm-hmm. and um, uh, he he said that that they should have made that movie, and you know, I kind of said, well, you know, stuff happens. Dave Filoni's a huge fan, Linda. I attended the uh, star ceremony when they gave Godzilla a star. They gave Godzilla a star. Oh, you were there yes. too. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, I was there. It, it was the mo- it was the same day that uh, 
when the Godzilla Final Wars made its premiere at the Chinese theater. Yeah, I managed to get it. But during the ceremony, Dave was there in a Mechagodzilla costume. That, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> One of the coolest things about Dave Filoni, okay, there's this video that I guess no one's ever going to see. There's uh, the day that um, that last prequel premiered. Um, they got dressed, he and Giancarlo got dressed up as Okay, Plo Koon, and then there's another Jedi. And they went they went in full makeup to this line, and they started giving Star Wars toys to little kids. That's oh, great. Wow. And, and they filmed it, mm-hmm. and they filmed them at Nickelodeon Studios, and then they filmed them running into me, mm-hmm. and they actually do a freeze frame, and then there's a, there's a title and the line that comes to me. It says, Darth Skeptic. Because <laughs> you could see me going... Yeah, like, but I didn't know that they were going to do a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That's yeah, great. yeah. Dave's a cool guy. I like him a lot. Well, what I wanted to bring up with with the GMK stuff was the fact that it looked like uh, it was a Susuke Kanenko. He very much borrowed a lot of your design for that Godzilla because for he, that one? yeah, for the uh, GMK because that one, the Millennium series pretty much is. Huge giant spikes on the back, and a very, very, um, the scales are really highlighted. Okay. He's got the throw on the neck and everything. The only time that it ever deviates from that look is the GMK movie, which stands out from all. Uh, Final Wars not, you know, being something in, in its own, which was the last, the 50th anniversary film. Okay. This was like, because he, it was the first time that in a long while Godzilla was the bad guy in the movie, and pretty oh. much wanted him to be this big, unstoppable. You know, almost killing machine that you huh. cannot take down, and very much borrowed. Like when I said, I'm like, it looks a lot like the American design. There's a lot of aspects to it that come from your design. It looks really like. yes. I saw a lot of uh, Mr. Delgado's design, and I saw a lot of Herb Trimpey's design. Yes, oh really? Yes, there was. Yeah. I grew up loving that Marvel oh, Godzilla. It it's really a cool. it's amazing. Shogun it's Warriors, fantastic, yeah. fantastic yeah. series. <laughs> no, I remember having to uh, walk up to the drugstore that sold. Uh, my comics, uh, the comics that I would buy, uh, usually I'd buy my comics when my parents would go to, uh, to, to Vons to buy the groceries for the week, and mm-hmm. I would just slide out of there, and, you know, <laughs> yes. those are the days where the comics were 15 cents, and you can get, like, six of them, mm-hmm. yeah. and then they went to 20 cents, which pissed me off, because <laughs> suddenly you had to get five of them, yeah. and then they went to 25 cents, which <laughs> further pissed me off, and I think the 25 cent... Era was when the Herb Trimpey Godzilla came out. Thirty cent era. Uh, oh, really? And and that that was like uh, that was a pretty cool time for me to see uh, yeah. Godzilla in Marvel comics. Yeah. Especially yeah. him fighting the Avengers at the end too, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was around back then. I, I mean, I bought them brand new off the yeah. rack at Seven Eleven. Yeah. So that was cool. every month, you know, I'd walk over there. And... That was back in the day where they used to have the circular racks of comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. spin them around. Yeah, now you just have comic book stores and nothing but middle-aged men in their buying. Yeah, comics. The, the comic books are five dollars a piece. I got, I got to meet, um, <laughs> I got to meet Mr. Trimpey at uh, Stanley's Kamikaze last year. Oh, really? And he had a line. He had a big line, and you know, he's just this nice older gentleman sitting there. He's doodling, and everyone, everyone, everyone that came up, Hulk, 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 Wolverine, Hulk, Wolverine, Hulk, and then I come up, and he's like. <laughs> Like he had just, I literally there was one dude that had like an entire run of a, his Hulk run, and he just got done signing it. It was like kind of, it was just like, okay, cool, yeah, I, I, you like Hulk, everything. And then I dropped. He's he's like turn away, like he needs a break for a second. Yeah. These dudes are just biting his ear off about Hulk, and then I, I'm like, uh, Mr. Trimby's like, yes, like he could tell, like it's it was towards the end of the day. He wanted to kind of wanted to go home, mm-hmm. and then uh, he looks up, he's like, wait, what you? 
God's, you want me to sign this? I'm like, yes, I love this series. He's like, I haven't had anybody bring me a Godzilla book in five years. Wow. He's like, like it, that's a damn shame. He's like, I just, I don't think people mm-hmm. realize this even exists anymore. That's the problem. So no, it existed. It was mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, it was the first time I ever realized that Godzilla were in a comic. My dad was like, Hey, I think there was a comic series. So he had, he had a friend that owned a comic book store. He's like, Do you have any? He's like, I got about. Uh, two long boxes full of these things that some guy had traded yeah. in. So yeah, he picked up. I had all uh, literally the whole run was dropped in my lap. Uh, on and one day, my dad came home. He's like, "Here you go." I remember my mom over here. And she's like, "That's a lot of comics." She's like, "I gave him ten dollars for all of them. He went. He's just trying to blow." And this is ninety two though. Wow. So before, because you go online now, you want to get a whole run. You're dropping almost two hundred bucks for them. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, the indivi- yeah. wow. individual issues you could get fairly cheap, mm-hmm. but number one goes for a re- decent amount of money. Now. Really? Yeah. yeah. They were they were a yeah. dollar piece until about ten years ago. Yeah, they yes. were. Yeah, when they really it's started really like. Price. Yeah. So I got. I have three copies. I have my one signed by my my best copy I have. Signed by Mr. Trumpy and sits proudly in my room, That's like cool, nicely. Man. And uh, so, yeah, I'm that, now my next goal is to pull out the rest and then have to catch my cons and get the whole run uh, done. But That's awesome. It is. I mean, yeah. like, you got him fighting Devil Dinosaur in there. Yeah. He fights the Fantastic yeah. Four. He, he, uh, he drew me a sketch of Godzilla, his Godzilla fighting all three Shogun Warriors. <laughs> That's awesome. And he was, he was very happy when I brought the Shoguns. He said, I love drawing the Shoguns. He told me, he said, I don't care for the Transformers, he said, but <laughs> I love drawing the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I do, I do remember it because my mother, she was uh, very encouraging with comics. Good. Um, which was very different because, for those who don't know or can't see, I have an Asian mother because mm-hmm. I'm Asian American. You know, everyone, every parent is like, you don't read comic books, it's for children. You do math, you go to school, you, you do this. And my mom is like, no, you know, comic books are a way to encourage her to read. And so she was amazing. She always, you know, both my parents always encouraged my love in comics. They also knew how much I love Godzilla. They were not Godzilla fans due to Japanese-Chinese history of World War II. Uh, However, <laughs> well, when... Well, quite... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite understandable. Yeah, so, but so. they didn't discourage me. Okay. They just said we we're into it. And That's then cool. one day, you know, we were in, you know, Vons and other places. And all of a sudden, my mom comes. I don't know how she brought home. She was like... Look what I got you. I am confused. I thought they only did superheroes. But look. And it's Godzilla mm-hmm. in the Marvel comics. And she goes, and it's in English. <laughs> because funny. I thought Godzilla was only, like, she thought they only, he, in, they thought that if they were to make Godzilla comics or manga, it would be in Japanese. Oh, I see. Understandably so. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, Iron Man would I'm be in English. Uh, Captain America happened, would be. Uh, actually. As far as I know, uh, I'm, wh- they, they have some Godzilla comics. Yeah, yeah that well, are Japanese. I did, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, manga. there's mangas. They didn't really do a manga series. I think the ones that there are a few off uh, shoot ones. I think Mark has a couple here. Yeah, but mostly when the movie would come out, they'd have the programming book and they would put an adaption, a manga adaption. Oh, okay. And, but those they were based on the original script. So there's some wildly different. Uh, yes. they, they were mangas that came out for the first two films yes. in the 50s. Mm, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they just released. The, there was a book that came out collecting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and there were uh, two compilations that were released in the early '90s by different Japanese artists. Yeah. But there's never really been an ongoing Japanese manga. Yeah, yeah. which is a, a shame. That was that always seemed like a, that was a loss. But hmm. yeah, have you ever get a chance to look up um, those? I, I know you're busy, man, but it, you know, one of those. I'm up at two in the morning. I'm kind of bored. <laughs> Let's go peruse the internet. Okay. You get a chance to look at the manga. Um, uh, Toho Kingdom has the best uh, scans of them because they take the parts that are completely different from the films. Okay. Like, where they deviate big time. And sometimes it's just like, 
the scripts in the 90s were wildly ambitious hmm. and a lot of times they were cut down for budgetary reasons or okay. you know some things like originally space godzilla fought mecha godzilla uh and um yeah, yeah there's a there's a lot of really cool stuff in those storyboards are you know easily cuttable Mm-hmm. The best way you yeah. Can it. yeah. I remember just being so excited because I wasn't really into manga at the time for one of the main reasons of color. Mm-hmm. Her mom goes, "Look, you got Godzilla in color, so you can't complain." Mm-hmm. And she's just like, "You've got them with a company that I don't quite understand because <laughs> she didn't quite understand how like American superheroes and Devil Dinosaur were like." With Godzilla, my mom goes, why, why do you need to have two dinosaurs? She clearly doesn't understand like, the she, world of like, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't understand. She was like, but I know you like it, and it's got... Read. Read it. Mm-hmm. And so she was amazing. Yeah, and cool. she, had, uh, she had bought me those. And I was like, I have the best mom. She's so cool. And yeah... And even, and then now now she's confused why Marvel doesn't do guts. She's like so confused. She has no idea. Someone else has the licensing. IDW yeah. does. Speaking of the designs, like all of the uh, in the past ten years of the, of the different American designs for Godzilla, mm-hmm. um, the best ones I think have been the unused designs, like your designs for Godzilla. Even uh, <coughs> uh, Carlos Monte did a great oh, design that's cool. for Godzilla. Okay, and, that's awesome. Uh, uh, then also, um, if you go back a little further, uh, William Stout's version of Godzilla. He did do one as well, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I did think of that when I was working on the mm-hmm. picture. In fact, I talked to him last year, and his studio is actually about a mile down on the same street. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> He's very close to me. Okay. But uh, <clears throat> it, it's very interesting to see uh, American interpretations of Godzilla. And, uh, you know, honestly, I mean, I, you know, I just suck it up because you're here. <laughs> Yours is one of my favorites, and I really wish we could have seen that. Well, that's very kind of you. I mean, I appreciate that. I yeah. uh, Most certainly, you know, uh, when I was younger, um, it was a disappointment for me to not see it realized. Yeah. Um, you know, that's certainly a big feather in someone's cap. But I, I also kind of wonder if, um, not looking back on it in perspective, if mine would have survived regardless. Because if you think about it, the the Winston maquette was built. Mm-hmm. The um, So that, if the film had gone ahead, that's the version that they would have gone with. Yeah, it, right? it, 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 it had your tail. Yeah. Well, and, and I, that I don't know. I, I don't think I've seen the, the tail close enough. But, mm-hmm. uh, but regardless of that, I kind of felt like um, the, the, the design... Because, you know, that's where you start splitting hairs as designers. Oh, the mm-hmm. nose is too wide here, or, you know, the cheek is too this or too that. Um, and I felt like, uh, oh, that's cool. I felt like um, uh, if the film had gone ahead, that they would have gone with uh, with stands. Yeah. yeah, see, that's cool. And yeah. I, I guess that, you know, uh, it doesn't have the... Um, the um, um, it doesn't have the sweep of the back, the... the, the, um, the the Godzilla fins, if you will, yeah. look very traditional, and that's cool. Um, um, I think the arms and shoulders look very human, though, not like that dinosaur. Yeah, like it would have been nice to like spend a month like drawing an arm, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> and then drawing a leg for for the the for the digital digital guys. But you know, regardless of that, I'm proud of what I did. I think it's a pretty. Uh, it was a fun time in my life. It was young. And, I was young and, and ambitious, and um, uh, it all kind of closed very quickly. I mean, the, it was almost from one week to the other that the studio decided 
that was it. Like they built a Japanese village. Yeah, they're going to start about shooting. That. Yeah, yeah. Start shooting. That's I, I believe that. I believe that sequence opened the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was where after the he breaks out of the Arctic containment. And he shoots down, I think, the Bering Sea. The first thing I, I did that comes up, it's, it was almost an homage to the his first attack on, in the Japanese film. I see. And, uh, yeah, he attacks a small village. That's where they find um, when the uh, survivor explains what, what he saw. So. I did drawings of Godzilla in the Chamber of Ice, mm-hmm. and his, like, arms are sort of twisted around. Wow. You're just, you're, you're painting, you're like, all this, you're just, you're telling me there's a gold, there's a treasure chest mm-hmm. somewhere. But if you, but on the other hand, mm-hmm. that's why it was so eerie watching the legendary films because mm-hmm. they're they are they go do go down. It's not ice, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. like a big tunnel, <laughs> yes. and there was some interaction there between the yeah. creatures and and I guess Godzilla's dad or mom. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It certainly sort of seemed to set up some. Uh, well, that's the part of the story that I really liked was them setting them up as sort of ancient deities and mm-hmm. yeah, forces of nature. I thought that was a lot of fun. I liked that a lot. Yeah. So, so, all right. Well, overall, I mean, it's, we're running three hours, and are we? Yeah, okay. it's wow. been three hours. So, yeah. how about um, that? Yeah, and we're getting like later on to the afternoon, so it's almost dinner time. Okay. So, I I think we've kind of talked your off and enough right now. So, um, is there anything you would like to promote while before before we wrap this up? Uh, sure. I have a um, comic book series called Ancient Rep- uh, Age of Reptiles, Ancient Egyptians. It mm-hmm. comes out um, this June. From Dark Horse Comics, um, it's very. I'm very proud of it. It stars a uh, Spinosaurus. Oh, and, nice! Yeah, and it's set uh, in the swamps of uh, of the late Cretaceous uh, Africa, wherever that. However, that kind of fits together. And um, I'm working on it right now. I'm probably gonna grab some dinner and go finish inking cover number two uh, tonight. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I have a couple of other projects that um, I'm working on. One is a novel that I'm not ready to announce yet, but um, very nearly finished with the first draft of. And uh, like I said, I'm working on Pen Zero, Part Time Hero, and um, and uh, Sophia the First uh, right now. I'm just having a lot of fun. What are the name of the other two? Uh, you said you did you did two other novels. So people who who are listening, to this well, the first novel is uh, called Sam Spectre and the Book of Spells. It's a mm-hmm. uh, it's a kid's book. It's about uh, this uh, little kid who happens to be a ghost, mm-hmm. and he lives in a city of ghost schools and goblins, and he solves crimes, kind of like a character from my youth named Encyclopedia Brown. Mm-hmm. Hell and, yes! <laughs> Most the boy detective. Oh my gosh, those books are but, he, nice. but the whole the whole city is sort of one giant sort of Halloween, if you will. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, got a lot of charm, and I did illustrations for it and all that. <coughs> uh, my second novel is not for kids. It's called uh, Warhead, and it's basically a hard-boiled science fiction novel that's um, a combination of um, Raymond Chandler and um, Blade Runner. That's about, there's no human beings in the story. Oh wow! Yeah, Those but there's the there's there's a the only detective. There's a crime lord. There's femme fatales. There's thugs and gunsels and all that stuff. But they're like not human. Oh, yeah. There's humanoid. There's humanoid. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah, and I basically tried to write something that was literally unfilmable, and I think I've done that. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> That's great. It's a hell of a goal, sir. Right? <laughs> um, pretty proud of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Um, and people, they can, people can find those on Amazon? You can go to Amazon, those babies, uh, absolutely. Mm. And I did the covers for them, and uh, they were a lot of work. It was a question for me at that point whether I could tell a story under that format. And that was one of the reasons I did stop working in comics uh, at that point, because I, I'm to me, it's more about what uh, I can't do. I'm always more interested in that. I know what I can do, and I'm continually trying to figure out what my next goal is in terms of like challenging myself. So struggle makes you a better person kind of thing. Or at least sort of that motivational fear of like doing something that you ultimately aren't able to accomplish. And so um, I think it's a healthy thing, and it uh, more than anything else uh, tells me that uh, I'm, uh, I'm still you know, growing, and I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have, and you still teach too, right? I teach at Art Center College of Design. I teach a few classes there, and that's a lot of fun. And as I get older and uh, I uh, move forward with my life, uh, I'm going to teach more and work on my own stuff and try to work uh, less and less in the business. And that's not a reflection in the business. It's just more of a of a desire for me to tell my own stories. Yeah. Is it, is it possible, like people who want to you know, go there, can they get into your class, or is it? Uh, it's you got to work your way. In no, you got to work your way through the program. It's a it's a tough curriculum. I mm-hmm. mean, you're you're learning how to storyboard or do visual development or conceptual design for film or animation. Um, but uh, uh, I um, I'm emboldened and enlightened by my students continuously. I mean, they you know, like they tell me stuff like your trip is cool or, <laughs> or yeah, and, <laughs> and it's very funny to me to see that in perspective. You know, that's amazing, sir. And you know, I'm so I am grateful that you sat down to tell your story with us. Well, it's, thanks. I mean, it's I don't know. You know, it's um, um, we have so many more questions. Okay. There might be a part two. Okay, yeah. right. I might come but, back. Uh, we might. We I definitely will probably be uh, trying to get you back on someday. And I just you know I, I expect like ah, oh, I really want to sit and listen to these two drone on again. But I mean, most certainly, if you have more specific questions about the process, sure, we could do it again. It's not a um, uh, it's not something I've I've thought about or talked mm. about a lot in 20 years. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I know to you it's just another job, but to a lot of us, it's like yeah. a, a mystery that's waiting to be unfolded. No, no. It yeah. was. I mean, I must say, like, there's jobs that are more prevalent for me in yeah. my career, and that was one of them. But uh, like I said, you, uh, I, I moved on, and they didn't make the picture, so I just kind of got busy with other stuff. But uh, uh, you might go back and sort of think of other stuff you want to kind of ask me about. Are you aware that there's a, an online, uh, there's an artist who's drawing it, drawing the entire film? He's almost finished with it? Yeah, if that's a fellow named Todd. Todd yeah, 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 he sends me stuff occasionally. Oh, wow. He's a nice, uh, he's yeah. a nice fellow. And I, I appreciate that. I Honestly, I, I guess my comment about that is that I really respect and admire him for doing going through all that. But uh, as an art, uh, from artist to artist, I I hope that he finishes that and then like tells his own story. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, that's kind of a yeah. microcosm of what yeah. I want to do when I'm working on other people's stories. That's cool, but ultimately, it's more fulfilling for me to tell my own stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, he does. He does have some other projects that he does. Oh, but, good for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm that. I'm glad to hear. I think if it was more of a thing like that, this was a good enough story that it had to yeah. be like told in some format. Yeah, it's more of a labor of love. He's been mm-hmm. doing it for a few years, and, and that's cool. Although I will say that this new one is is pretty cool. It's it's oh, yeah. it's uh, 
a lot of fun and it has its heart in the right place and then there's 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 uh um its tone is a lot of fun and, and I enjoyed it. So you be definitely checking out the sequel when it comes out in three and a half. Yeah, years. I don't know when it comes out, but yeah, I'm looking forward to you it. You got twenty eighteen, but in that meantime, uh, Mr. Edwards is doing a Star Wars movie. That's what I hear. And uh which might be a Boba Fett movie from what the rumors are going around. Oh really? And yes. That's the okay. young Han and young, and Boba, like their first Okay. First big encounter. Well, and Toho themselves are doing their another next Jackie Godzilla film next year. Mm-hmm. Toho's doing another Godzilla yes. film. Oh wow! They, they just announced it about two months ago. Okay. Is there a design yet? I'm not sure yet. there is, but not yet. Not well, yet. They, they haven't made it public if there is. Oh, okay. Very little is known about it, other than it's good. It's no, it's year. kind of funny for me to be Cornovine on an island and observe all that stuff that's sort of happened all these years since you know and. Uh, like I said, it was kind of funny for me to go into this new movie and see it and just kind of take it from <laughs> kind of a um, uh, a period in my... It's, it's almost like a slice of my life watching yes. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And and um, uh, I, I think that it's uh, it's cool to like this stuff, uh, but not to take it too seriously. It should always be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's absolutely else. the yeah. point of it. And then, of course, there's Pacific Rim 2 the year after that. I'm looking forward to that. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I, that's, that's really cool. And like I said, I... Uh, uh, the idea of telling stories means more and more to me as I go. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have my new comic book series coming out this summer and I'm actually hoping that it kind of breaks new ground. I mean, as, that's kind of the thing that's important as a storyteller that mm-hmm. you kind of have to give them what they, uh, what you gave them before, but it has to always be with something new, you know, and, and, and our new element to it. So it, re- it re- retains its freshness. If, say, right now, IDW has the license to Godzilla, if they approached you, be like, hey, you worked on, you know, the this film that never got made, would you like another crack at, like, telling a story, at least in the comic format, like, even if it was, like, a two-shot uh, special kind of thing, would you, yeah. would you ever consider going back? Uh, I would have to do it and not be told anything. Get, well, that's the beauty. They give a lot of, they, they go to artists, they give them mostly free reign over there, so. But I would do something like... <laughs> Something they may not be interested in. They may like he surfaces, and, but you see all the minutia that happens around. That that's like a brilliant that. idea, actually. And, you know, and and like people living and dying just on the swish of his tail or whatever. Like I I find I find that like you know that one scene where the the couple the the guy and the little girl. They run up the street and then they go into the Seven Eleven or whatever. Yes. yes. They yeah. close the door and yeah, then the, the thing floods. And yeah. there's pieces that float through there. And mm-hmm. I was looking to see if there were any human forms that kind of weren't, but <laughs> yeah. they kind of weren't very clear either. I thought that that, that little story. You like was, those moments. You like those moments. I, I a lot. do. I find mm-hmm. that stuff to be fascinating, you know. And, and um, um, uh, I would like to tell, like, bits like that i think that like he he surfaces on like an isthmus he walks like three blocks through a city but what happens like before during and after i think i love that you have you do you think you definitely have been sitting there thinking about you know something you would do i mean uh it's enough like fleshed out but you haven't you have an idea i'd like that i i don't know what everyone else would do but that would be something i would do but then again that would take me away from my own storytelling so Mm -hmm. i have to I'd have to think about it. But, uh, right. And we know that people can find you. I saw that you were listed as a guest for the San Diego Comic Fest. Yeah. Um, and so where can people find you in the future at other conventions or online? Are you anywhere on the social uh, media? You, uh, if you Google my name and blog, my blog yes. comes up. Yep. If you um, 
the Comic Fest, I've been there the past two years, and I like going there. I will probably be at San Diego Comic Con this year. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I just kind of do my own thing. I, I don't really like um, um, the idea of, like, like if I were to eventually teach more and just do my own stuff, what I would not want to do is, like, just go from convention to convention to convention mm -hmm. every week. I don't know how much that fun that would be for me, personally speaking. I prefer to just do a few things here and there and just kind of spend my time just doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like that. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, Lena, we're going to wrap this up. This has been an exceptionally long time. It might actually have to be a two-parter. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, but I want to th thank you so much for taking some time out of your day, sir, uh, to come down and you know let us pick your brain. Is, this has been a, a, a big honor. I, this, especially you know, following this, uh, this was, was one of the first projects when the internet first came out that I became obsessed with. And oh, really? Yes, your design work, the shit, everything that went into it. It was really oh. what got me into like the the minutia of filmmaking and stuff. Like, how did this fall apart? How how did it come together in the first place? All that because you know, as as the internet grows, you know, the screen gets pulled back just a little more of how you know the product. But there's still a lot in Hollywood. There is like I wanted to storyboard on the film and they wouldn't let me. Really? They wouldn't let you storyboard? Wow. And I had just come off of Apollo 13. The Academy it's, Award winning movie. And it's a like, crazy business. Yeah. I, I storyboarded the launch. Wow. You storyboarded the whole And then they're like, yeah, you know. There was a bunch of shots cut from it, but yeah, I storyboarded most of it. Wow. Time. Holy crap. Yeah. And they wouldn't let you do Godzilla. No. Since, uh, I know. Well, you, the minute you start to try to figure this business out, you're yeah. all done. Yeah. <laughs> just organized chaos. You just, just like. do it. Yeah. So, all right, well, that's that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. I want to thank Mark for letting us, uh, for having a, or letting us be able to do this in his nice abode. Uh, thank you, Mark. Which is aptly decorated mm -hmm. to the topics <laughs> of As our... I said, he's the official <laughs> fifth Beatle of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Jessica, where can the good people find more of our work? Yes, you can find us on Facebook on the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. You can also find us at the same name for Tumblr. Twitter, we are the Kaiju Kingdom, due to limited characters. Mm. And also, we are the same as our Gmail, the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast at gmail.com. We will always love to hear feedback from you guys. We are also, thank you to the hard work of Chris, uh, we are now on iTunes, which is amazing. A lot of you guys were asking... Oh, wow. You don't want to stream it or right click so it. If I go Kaiju Kingdom, it'll come up. Yes, yeah, iTunes. We have oh, that's cool. We're I'm neither on it. Facebook nor Twitter. So. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Smart man. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and we're actually on iTunes for those who don't like Chris said right clicking or streaming or whatever. Some people cool. want to listen it to it on their own time. Okay. So that's definitely where we're at. And then I work in the family of your work. Yes, I am the comicbookgirl.com and girlongeek.com. And from there, you can also find me all over on the social media sites. You can also Facebook friend me at Jessica Sang, T-S-E-A-N-G. And before we go, Mark, I have to ask, is there an update to Kaiju Gaiden? Uh, it's currently being edited in, in New York. We mm -hmm. should have a trailer online uh, by the end of the month. Okay. And Kaiju Gaiden has, uh, it is going to be shown in June 20th in San Leandro, California as part of Godzilla Night 4. So if you're in Northern California, June 20th, get your butt out there. Go check it out. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> da, da. You just need to show them that before you leave. It's sun. You got to see this. Oh. Uh, and we find more of my work. You can head over to therealmcast.com, uh, where I run four or five other podcasts. Check out Take Two, our rundowns for Arrow, Flash, The Walking Dead, which returns this week. You can also check out 
the Comics and Chain podcast hosted by my good friend Sergio Sanchez. All right, well, that will do it for us for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. For myself and Jessica, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.